have to confess to feeling nervous about this conversation today. Women at work. So much of this vital topic is predicated on the notion that women themselves are to blame for the lack of equity we face in our careers. That we can mentor and negotiate and manage our way out of a lack of opportunity and a glaring global pay gap. In the words of total legend Dolly Parton, just pour myself a cup of ambition. But the systems in place are just not that simple. You are listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from The National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Kelsey Warner. Joining me today to talk about the state of play for women at work is LinkedIn editor Lynn Schaumann. Lynn, hi. Thanks for being here. Hey, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. So LinkedIn, it goes without saying, I think, is a fairly robust source of data. It's the biggest social platform for professionals in the UAE and globally. Uh, LinkedIn recently delved into this behemoth of a topic, women at work, did some research. Can you frame up for me what that research entailed, what you got, you all have done? Uh, so basically, it's a survey that involved uh, 2,000 working professionals. They're aged uh, between 25 and 55. They are in the UAE. Um, and it's recent. So the survey took place in February, so last month. So basically, the, the headline or the highlight of the survey was that the finding that women feel an entitlement gap in the workplace, which directly impacts their career and their career progression, right? So what does it mean, the entitlement gap? We mean the feeling of uh, not being as deserving as men when it comes to pay increases, to promotions, and to career progression in general. That's interesting. So this is, yeah, this is the entitlement gap we're talking about. Maybe another highlight of the survey um, was that around 64% of both men and women, they agreed that at certain points, certain workplace scenarios, women do feel less entitled than men. So basically, men also agree that women feel less entitled at certain instances or in certain scenarios in the workplace. Oh, good. Always nice when men let us know that they agree with us on how we're feeling. (laughs) (laughs) So two thirds of men and women say that there is this pervasive lack of worthiness from women in the workplace, this lack of sense of worthiness for pay, promotion, progress in the workplace. Is that a fair? Exactly. Okay, so let's start with pay, because it's, it is yeah. why we're all here, after all. Do women or mm-hmm. men feel like there are different approaches to salary increases and promotions? Yeah, this is what the survey found out, uh, is that obviously men, and I say obviously because we read about that a lot, right, and we hear about that. So men tend to be more assertive, more determined when it comes to asking for a raise, like outside their annual review, right? When you want to go to the the boss and talk about your pay. So it's 75% of men versus 65% of women, right? Women, uh, you know, pointed to the fact that they're uncomfortable. uh, They don't want to appear to be pushy. They feel they are maybe asking too much, especially if it's out of, you know, the annual review framework or they're just, you know, embarrassed in general. But I feel that these percentages should, um, you know, be taken always, like any any survey, they should be taken as a starting point to 
a conversation, right? So, so here, what are we really saying? What, what conversations do we want to kick start? So what we want to talk about basically moving forward is maybe uh, why are women reportedly uh, feeling uncomfortable when it comes to talking about money outside uh, their annual review? Well, maybe it's because it is coming in parallel with the extra responsibilities that they're having, for instance, in, the, in their household. Um, and that is something that is less talked about, right? So they feel they have more responsibilities at home. They need to attend to, you know, their family, their kids, etc. And we all know that the corporate culture uh, now is like an always switched on culture. So they feel that they are not, you know, um, worthy maybe uh, as much as, you know, their other colleagues uh, who do not have more responsibilities. Right. If this that idea, makes sense. It does. And I think this idea of flexible working, you know, of course, reached a new level of relevance in 2020. And it's become more and more apparent how much of a share women have to take on in the household. Uh, are you seeing in the data that women or men feel they are being penalized for taking advantage of family-friendly workplace policies? You mentioned this always-on mentality, but it does need to be balanced with um, if companies yeah. are making flexible options available to workers, it, it, is there a downside to that? Yeah. So when it comes to the survey we're talking about, so these 2000 professionals in the UAE, they said that around like around 50 percent of them or 49 percent to be exact, they said that actually their company has, you know, provided or is working on providing a workplace that is family friendly, that has family friendly policies, right? And that includes flexible working. So I, I don't know how we want to interpret this because 50% is literally like half, half the glass full or half the glass empty, right? So it's also a good uh, point to start the discussion about those policies, uh, like family friendly workplace, what does it mean? And um, how are companies measuring you know, the time off, uh, when are employees expected to answer um, and whether it changed to answer emails, for instance, or to, to, to attend to certain deliverables and how will it impact their career progression, right? So let's say I have a family and I need to switch off at like six, but someone else, be it a female or a male, does not have this responsibility to attend to, right? So Obviously, I will not be answering an email at 8 p.m., but mm -hmm. my colleague will. So how will the boss deal with that, right? I think those productivity-related um, problematics need to be addressed. I'm still thinking about this idea of flexible working is always lumped in as a women's issue. Is there anything in the data to suggest that men are advocating for flexible working as much as women? Actually, 80%, 80 percent. Uh, so, um, of of professionals who were surveyed, they said that uh, flexible working policies would be very effective to them. So, yes, both gender are kind of favor. We, so, we can start from extending a, these policies. We can start from a place of consensus on that point. That's good. So, yes. In terms of yes, yeah. And, 
Sorry. So, so three in 10 women also, uh, they, they think that uh, they have an impression that there is some sort of penalty for being granted flexible working. So that's pretty alarming because of what I was just saying, right? Because of the extra responsibilities that, that are implied with this new work from home setup or reality. In terms of career progression, what did LinkedIn find out about what motivates women to progress? What's holding them back? Yeah, so so recognition. I think it's it's both with men and women, but the survey found that around 60% of women value uh, recognition. And this is what drives, you know, their... Um, their you know engine at work and that's slightly over uh the percentage of of men because uh, we're just over 50 percent for men so it also does make sense right because it is a sort of validation uh and validation can be provided with you know through through many many things but but mainly recognition is Sure. Is one of those elements. I mean, we're not a monolith. Women are not. We're all, we contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. But I think recognition, what gets into recognition is just communication, receiving feedback. So I think it's as much about being validated and affirmed and, you know, given that gold star at the end of the day as it is about, you know, having a transparent feedback loop with your manager, with your team about how it's going. Because what I see in the preceding data around women's hesitancy to raise their hands and say, I want to negotiate for pay outside of, you know, the compensation cycle, I want to ask for a promotion. Without feedback, without, Hmm. uh, you know, that recognition, it's really hard to say, I know because I can rely on the data available to me that I should, you know, pursue X, Y, or Z in the workplace. So that that data point makes sense to me, this idea that women need to um, have a preference for recognition because it informs so much of what we do. Because far be it for us to ask for something that we haven't been told we deserve, that we have earned. <laughs> Yeah, it's totally right, Casey. And and also, this is a great opportunity to talk about inclusive leadership, right? Um, so this is a perfect chance to talk about it because bosses, managers, be it women or men, they have a huge responsibility here um, when it comes to promotions, how to you know talk about promotions and how to communicate, like you were saying, and make sure that their subordinates or their employees, their teams... They know exactly what is expected of them. Also, creating a safe space for everyone to talk about either their struggles or what is actually blocking them to achieve their KPIs or what is needed or their, you know, their objectives at work. And also humility is is very important when it comes to leaders, when it comes to bosses, to the managers, uh, not with managers, obviously, but with all you know, employees and with all professionals in general, and, and being able to talk about it openly, right? So, so if someone is having an issue to balance between their responsibilities at home and work, they should be able to talk about that and to look into solutions about how they can manage better their time or maybe revisit revisit their their um, goals at work or what is expected of them, et cetera, uh, and align with their managers so this conversation is transparent. Because 
because among you know female parents, sixty-five uh, percent uh, agree that having a child has an impact on career progression. Uh, this is according to the survey. So this is huge. It means that you know there is a problem that needs to be talked about. So let's see how every team can, you know, manage their time, their expectations, so that having a family doesn't become a burden to your professional life. Right, doesn't right? become because a repercussion to your professional life. So Exactly. We've... Because it's, it's also why a lot of women uh, step away from being in the labor force. Um, it's because of this pressure. We have working force uh, participation rate, for example, we're at 75% with men, whereas the female labor force participation rate is 49%. So the gap is huge. Those are the numbers from the ILO, the International Labor Organization. So the difference is still huge, right? And and we need to talk about uh, those topics, especially having a family and how how it has an impact on your progression uh, in your career. And of course, COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on mothers' ability to be present at work, to give that 100% of what is expected of them, but rightly so, fairly so. But I think we're going to learn over time what that true impact has been. But in terms of a snapshot in time, what did the LinkedIn data say about COVID-19's impact on women? Uh, that women were more impacted than men uh, when it comes to the economic repercussion of COVID-19. So disruption, uh, of course, impacted women more than men. That being said, we do have some positive um, numbers, especially from the UAE. So because we often talk about what's not working. So no, we need to also talk about what's working, right? And highlight the wins and build on them. So in the UAE, our numbers show that female hiring has reached, you know, because of the pandemic, it dipped and it reached its lowest point in April 2020. But um, it has recovered uh, since then. And in July 2020, it actually recovered above the levels of 2019. So, uh, So basically new hires, new female hires, their level now is exceeded, has exceeded pre-COVID-19 levels. And this is a a great message as well. It means that females are finding, you know, uh, are able to find uh, or recover from the repercussions uh, felt uh, from COVID. When you take a step back and think about these findings, what are your takeaways? What are some areas that you're hoping to see improved in the next year? I think that uh, having conversations uh, would be my key takeaway, right? So talking about why women are not talking enough is would be amazing. Um, so what is blocking them? Why are they feeling that they are not as entitled? Um, policies are awesome and we are seeing that big companies are drafting more gender inclusive policies, um, but corporate culture goes beyond policies, right? So the culture of constantly being switched on, we need to talk about that uh, because it's clear that women have a bigger role at home and elsewhere. Also something else, 
we often advocate for female leaders to be on top. And this is amazing. And this is a great conversation we should always have because women should be rep represented in boards and in leadership teams, etc. But we also need to see, because we often hear that we do have more female leaders and we are making, you know, an advancement here. But we also need to check in what roles, right? So are they support roles or are they roles in core business? And why? Why are, aren't women able to achieve leadership roles in core businesses? Is it a matter of time management? Is it a matter of entitlement like we saw in the survey? Or is it something else? So I think that these are the main takeaways here. I really want to talk to the men about why they're so entitled. <laughs> Conversely, <laughs> Lynn, it's been really fun to talk to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. That's it for today. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and leave a review. All that's left is to thank our producers, Lee and Al Faisal and Aisha Khan. And thank you for listening.